Hello and welcome to Ascend Higher, the podcast of True Freedom Trust. We're a UK-based charity that holds to the historic Christian understanding of what the Bible teaches about sex and relationships. We provide teaching, pastoral support and conferences, as well as local support groups. Each quarter, we produce a magazine called Ascend with a range of articles, reviews and personal stories all dealing with the issues about what it's like to be a Christian attracted to others of the same sex. You can sign up to receive your free copy of Ascend by visiting our website, truefreedomtrust.co.uk. For the autumn edition of Ascend, TFT speaker Stefan wrote an article called Are You a Good Waiter? This was a shortened version of his talk on Psalm 27, given at the Steadfast Conference in May. In this podcast, I explore with Stefan what we can learn from the Bible about being patient and about how we can grow in godliness through waiting well in an impatient world. Let's listen in. So hi Stefan, it's lovely to um, talk to you today. We've had you recently speaking at our Steadfast Conference in Merseyside, and that was back in May 2022, on the theme of being steadfast. And you were teaching on Psalm 27 and looking particularly at this thing of how how we can be steadfast in our waiting. So that's what we're going to be talking about today is um, waiting well. And I just thought uh, as we make a start, how, how good a waiter are you? How good at waiting are you? Yeah, it's a great question and it's good to be speaking with you uh, today. I'm hopeless, I think. I think <laughs> I've bought into the, the culture. I've taken it on board and um, if I'm waiting longer than five minutes, I'm tapping my feet, wondering what's going to happen. Um, I always look for the, the shortest queues at the supermarket, and I always try and avoid families who might be queuing because I think, oh, that's going to take longer. When I plan my trips abroad, which I love, and find myself at the airport, I have to work out strategically how quickly can I get through any queues because waiting is not something I like to do. I find myself cross. I find it provokes anger and I really, really don't like myself when I when I see that, when I feel that. I think, well, where is this anger coming from? I'm going to get through. I'm going to get the plane at some stage. I'm going to enjoy God's blessings abroad, wherever I'm going. Why am I getting so angry? And I, I think I, I feel quite yeah, conscious of the sin involved in that, actually. Yeah, thank you for your honesty. It is, it is hard to wait. I think myself, I'm probably a bit better than I was as a child when I used to agonise when I'd ordered something and, it, and just waiting for the post, postman to come every day and being disappointed when my computer game or whatever hadn't turned up. I think these days I'm, I'm particularly struggle with waiting in um traffic jams i think i'm happier waiting on a train and um like i'm happier in some situations than others you need to move up north up here in yorkshire where we have less traffic jams than down south indeed indeed and um and stefan you and i used to be um part of the the group down down in Guildford, the Barnabas um, group um, at True Freedom Trust for many years, but now you've moved up to uh, to Yorkshire. So, well, that's that's good to to reflect on on waiting being hard. 
And you're, in your talk that you did at our conference, you, you're particularly focusing on the last verse in Psalm 27, verse 14, um, which goes like this, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. And you told us, you know, this is a Psalm of David. And um, yeah, I just wondered, do you think this, this verse at the end um, is particularly... Is it David speaking partly to others, but partly to himself, perhaps, as he encourages himself to be better at waiting? I think that's a really good, good insight there. I certainly think that's the case. He's having to remind himself of the fact that he is the Lord's and can wait upon the Lord in the sense of rest in his arms. So the Lord is present to him. He can be there with David. David is with him. Um, but there's also something future orientated. There's something about, well, today's circumstances are pretty difficult, but I can wait for the Lord because he is my rescuer. He is the one who will save me. There is something about the future for me, not just the present, although the present is, is important. So if you look at the sort of the commentators on this verse, particularly, they, they say, well, it could be both. And it's resting on the Lord, being held. I get the image of being in his arms, really, being held by him in his arms tenderly as a child, whilst also anticipating the relief of, uh, of the suffering that in, the, in good time the Lord will come and all of this trial and tribulation will be over. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really helpful. And I think there's a recognition here, isn't there, that waiting is hard. Mm. Um, we might think of waiting as just being a sort of dull, passive thing, but particularly at times of suffering. And I think in this psalm, um, David is really honest about the opposition that he faced and his enemies um, and his yearning for things to get better. And, and in that sort of situation, waiting is, is very hard. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one thing I was sort of applying this idea of waiting to was, was the whole issue of, of sexual desire, of um, finding that that person that completes you in a way. I don't believe in that concept of being completed by another person, but but we have all these fantasies and desires that come up uh, and can hit us at any time. They're very quick, aren't they, when they arrive? We might be having a normal day and then suddenly we feel a loss or a desire, um, a desire perhaps to act out sexually and and there's an impatience in us in that. One of the features of that desire is, I don't want to wait for this. This has to be satisfied, and it has to be satisfied now. Um, and we get caught up with that feeling. I certainly have done and do, um, and want it satisfied. And that can prompt us into, into responding to temptations and, and sinning um, and seeking to to fulfill those needs and not waiting. And I think, I don't think there's an easy answer to this one. I'm certainly didn't present that in my talk, but I think recognizing that um, particularly when we're feeling those desires, um, waiting is, is a toughie. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think in our culture today, it's, of course, there's the, the sexual um, self, you know, immediate gratification. Um, but, I wonder if we've just, as a culture, just lost the art of waiting with being able to click on 
Amazon and buy now and it arrives tomorrow. I can't remember the last time I had to queue in a bank. It's all just done online. Um, and I think I think one of the most painful times for waiting is, is um, you know, perhaps in a call centre queue or something. And there's something incredibly powerless and and solitary about that um that can be just very hard to just be listening to the music and not really knowing whether you're ever going to get through and and if you do whether it's going to actually answer your question yeah um, i was on a call center queue for an hour and 30 minutes yesterday <laughs> so i i understand that oh, very much so and i think um yeah the the particularly on the on the sort of you know the I was I, I mentioned in my talk this whole issue of sort of sex hookup apps where there's loads of variety of them but all of them are seeking to say to you you don't have to wait for anything if you want sex download the app click on a link the other person is going to be there for you or whatever um and do it now and our culture is is all like that and um I, th I, th I think I was really challenged, obviously, by the psalm itself and thinking, well, well, what, what can we do about that? How can I live in a way that isn't a perpetual sort of time of frustration? Um, the Lord offers me life in all its abundance as I trust in him. Or, well, if I'm just spending my time frustrated and waiting, um, where is the abundance? Where is the joy in that? And I think that's that's quite key for us as Christians, isn't it? We don't mm. just want to sort of, and often one of the criticisms made of us is, oh, well, you're just frustrated, aren't you? Why don't you just get satisfied now um, and it'll all be over and it'll be, you'll be happy and we can move on. Yes, and, and that's very hard to, to be like that when, to be patient when everyone else doesn't seem to be waiting or many people around us. We see couples moving in together before they get married or or even fellow brothers and sisters who are same sex attracted, just giving up and giving up on being self-controlled and saying it's too hard. I can't I can't do this any longer. And it made me wonder whether there's something about waiting, which isn't just us on our own, but actually we wait together as a as a group and we must encourage each other to be patient to be looking to something gr greater for the future um and if, obviously it works the other way that if everyone else is giving up on the on the waiting that makes it harder for us to be the ones who do wait yes and if you look at the psalm psalm 27 which we've been looking at you'll see there david's desire to dwell in the house of the lord um to gaze upon the beauty of the lord so he kept, um, you know, desiring to be with others. The, the house of the Lord isn't just for one person. It was that place where the people gathered. Um, and and that's, that's true for us today. And I would say, and I, I argued in, my, in my, my talk, that that's the church. That's the local church, the place where we gather in the expectation of the future and to support one another in the, the frustrations of waiting and um and i think that is why church is really important for us to to, to grasp and i think uh 
the issue, you know, which we faced through COVID has been perhaps a dislocation from the local church. We've got isolated, even though we've had all these Zoom meetings and, you know, lots of connection electronically, we've, we, we still have become perhaps a bit too isolated. So we, we become even more sort of desirous of having our needs met now. Um, but when you meet with other people, you hear about their stories, their stories of waiting for years and years for perhaps their partner to come to the Lord. You, you hear of their stories of, of, of pain and trauma. But at the same time as you do that, you, you also think about what the church is for, which is for training us in holiness, if you like, for preparing us for heaven. And if you look at um, what the, the purpose of suffering uh, is and the purpose of waiting, which I think are really tied together, is it's to, to develop in us hope and to help us think through the, the reality of, of, of the bigger picture, which is that our destination is not earth as it is now. Our destination is the new creation. Is Our destination is heaven. That's what we have to look forward to. Um, and living in the light of what we've got look look forward to um, is what will give us um, the necessary help to to be patient in this this age mm, mm. and that's something that really came out strongly in your talk is that waiting isn't a, a kind of dull passive twiddling your thumbs thinking oh you know maybe something better is going to come along but it's a bit frustrating now but it's kind of there's these pictures that you refer to uh, like in Romans 8 of groaning and yep. the pains of childbirth. Um, I think Romans 8, 22, 23 says, we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to some sonship. Um, and the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth. They're very evocative, very strong images, aren't they? They're, they're not just yeah. a, sort of twiddling your thumbs but there's something that is greatly expectant about the future and also it's not wrong to recognize that we haven't got everything that god wants for us to have right now and that's hard and so that groaning that childbirth metaphor um they sort of vividly show yeah it's it's okay to to bring these things um to god in prayer and to recognize that that there's something greater that we yearn for. Absolutely. And I think um, where I've been challenged is that I probably have set my eyes too much on expecting my, my desires to be met in this life on this earth at this time. And that's a trap, isn't it? And, and that's been the trap of, of sort of uh, capitalism if you like the offer of well you'll have your needs met by buying something or by experiencing something that is going to satisfy and meet your needs that's a trap because the truth is it they won't there are other idols there are other gods they will not meet our needs we're not made for them and they're not made for us in that sense um and and that's really really a challenge to me and a challenge i think to many of us that we need to reorientate our approach to thinking about the hope um, and work for hope. So seeing um, seeing us our waiting as a sort of training, if you like, a training school for hope that we need to build um, with God 
hope. And I think I draw attention to that verse in Romans 5, which I also mentioned in, in the talk, verse 3. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. So it's like there's a, an equation, an algorithm. Okay, so there's suffering. Learn how to rejoice in your suffering. No, suffering's going to happen. It's your life. This is what sin has caused. Um, but suffering is going to produce in you endurance. Um, remember, the Holy Spirit has been put into you. So you are going to endure because he will endure. And endurance produces character, so we become more Christ-like as we endure. And character grows hope, so we will become more hopeful as we go through the waiting process, as we go through, through that element of suffering, which is waiting. Um, our hope will grow, and our hope will not put us to shame. That's wonderful, isn't it, to linger upon the logic in, in Romans 5 and and to see how one thing leads to another. And, and maybe hope is a bit like waiting. It's one of those words we need to redeem. Yes. It's not just this sort of vague, um, not sure, but let's, let's kind of hope that something better's on its way. It's something, again, very active and faith-filled and certain, but it doesn't come um, necessarily, it doesn't come automatically. It's something that is the fruit of the suffering and the perseverance and the endurance and and so forth and and a strong hope will help us to last through the waiting yes and and, and will be a, a joyful experience for us actually romans 5 says uh, um, but because god's love has been poured into our hearts through the holy spirit who's been given to us so so the idea there i think is that we will we will enjoy God's love as hope grows in us. We will have that enjoyment, that fullness of life, if you like, um, because we don't see suffering as being the end of the story. It's not that we're there to grit our teeth, but suffering and waiting uh, as part of suffering is going to produce in us some amazing fruits and some amazing experiences and 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 will help us if you like sharing the gospel with others why should people become um christians um they should become christians because they they do need to repent and turn to christ but at the same time there's an offer there of love poured into your hearts that gives hope in a in a bleak a bleak time which is what we're experiencing in our world of course mm -hmm. And it seems, going back to Psalm 27, it does seem that David is encouraging us to, to focus our, ourselves on things beyond just this world, beyond our, our present circumstances. He, he asks God to help him to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. And, um, and he says to himself, you know, I'm confident of this in verse 13. I'll see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So there's something about speaking to our, our own souls, speaking to our fellow Christians, encouraging us to fix our gaze upon the one who is greater than all these current woes, which seems important in the waiting. Yes, and the, the joy of the situation we're in 
um, is that we know now that God indeed has put his Holy Spirit into us. So this isn't about, if you like, um, gritting our teeth. It's not an injunction to grit your teeth. It's an injunction to, to recognize and appreciate the truth of God in your heart, um, having changed your heart, continuing to be with you in the process of change and growth and maturity. Um, so he's with you to enable you to do that. It's not a sort of, yeah, sort of, you know, a, a sort of stiff upper lip. Oh, well, you need to keep going through this. We'll have to struggle in on our own. God uh, has been, his love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. So, so we're not on our own in this. It's not a, a solo journey. And David, in writing the psalm, only saw this, 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 this vaguely, didn't he? He couldn't really appreciate what that would mean for, you know, the Lord's people to have his Holy Spirit in, in them. So that's encouraging, isn't it, that we, in our New Testament understanding, have a, have a bit more of a glimpse into the, into the future and what we're, what we're waiting for. Um, that's encouraging. So that's, that's good, isn't it, that, um, that the, our waiting needn't be a sort of dull stoicism, watching the clock slowly go round. But there was one other image that was quite striking in your talk about sometimes the waiting can just feel too much. And, and you said it's like a pot about to boil over. And I think for many of us in TFT, we've kind of struggled, particularly when it comes to, you know, um, sexual restraint and self-control and just thinking, I can't, I can't kind of uh, hold back anymore. Um, I just wondered if you had any thoughts on what Christians can do when they just feel like their pot's about to boil over and they, they can't hold themselves back anymore. Um, well, that's, that's some sort of basic Christian truth about that because if the the if it's about boiling over into sin and we're being tempted to sin then we know from scripture that that god provides a way out at each point so we're not left on our own so we're not the victim of our of our feelings if you like our feelings are important um they're information for us um they're there to draw our attention to certain key things going on around us but even when they're boiling over, they're not outside of our um, uh, influence or control in that sense. We don't have to act on our feelings. They're not, they're not the impetus for all that we do. Because if we, if we only acted on our feelings, well, none of us would be holding down a job, would we? <laughs> We'd wake up in the morning and we'd go, I don't feel like this. My, my, I'm boiling over with a desire to be outside um, walking in the park or whatever I can't resist that temptation we actually have to control our feelings we have to say to our feelings I'm going to go to work today that's what I was right to do that's what I'm paid to do that's what I will do so um, becoming much more um, self-aware I think is critical for Christians facing these feelings of the pot boiling over to become sensitive and aware of what that what actually is happening and as you step back from those feelings and we can step but we can learn how to do it I mean it's not, I don't think it's easy but we can learn how to step back and look in on our feelings and say what is that feeling telling me maybe that feeling is telling you actually you need to go to the church prayer meeting this evening <laughs> it's not about sex it's about you need to connect with people you need to pray you need to meet with God maybe it's telling maybe the feelings are telling you that uh 
you need a proper meal. You proper you you need to care for yourself in a different way. You need a bit more sleep. You need various things to bring um, a, a sort of wholeness to your life that's healthy. Um, maybe they're telling you that they're not telling you go out and um, have anonymous sex on the heath or whatever. It's it, it's a set of feelings that are telling you certain things, but we can learn to understand and interpret them much more carefully than than I think often. I do you know I need to step back and say well what is this all really about and the trap is laid before us to sin um isn't it that's 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 what the devil's keen on us doing to walk away from God to 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 not endure um to not take suffering seriously to say suffering I don't want that I'm going to get off and find what I want that's satisfying immediately but those of us in TFT know that when we do that God comes back to us doesn't he and says that wasn't really very good for you was it we know that truth we know that when we go that way it's not going to satisfy it's not going to we're not going to end up feeling great about ourselves we're going to have to often blank a lot of ourselves off if we want to carry on like that we're going to have to deny a lot of things and we're going to have to deny god and we're going to have to suppress the holy spirit in our lives so yeah, sorry, that was, a, I don't know if that was a helpful answer. It's quite a long answer because it contains quite a number of different aspects to it, doesn't it? No, that's very helpful. Thanks, Stefan. A lot of wisdom there. Um, I was just, just thinking the next thing you kind of moved on to in your talk was about um, after thinking about why are we waiting? Well, who are we waiting for? Um, and you talk about um jesus being the lord that david is ultimately waiting for and obviously we know that more clearly now and i'm just wondering how does it help our waiting to focus upon the object of our waiting if we kind of know oh it's jesus that we're waiting for how does that help us in that in the moment of waiting i think because it reminds us who who christ is um, and that's what David did, which is, the Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? So our fear reduces and our understanding of Christ as saviour increases. Uh, we can often talk about Christ is my saviour as though uh, that happened when we were converted. And that's true. I became a Christian. And for the first time, I realised that Christ is my saviour. He saved me from from the consequences of my, well, save me from the consequences of sin, um, not the consequences all of all my sin that I, you know, continue to indulge in, but he saved me. And recognising that that's not just in the past, but it is ongoing, that he is saving us, that we are being saved, that he is present with us, that in the situation of waiting, he's not disappeared, he is present. Um, his continual light. That's that's one of the the, the the sort of aspects that David wrote about there in that first word. The Lord is my light, and and Jesus Himself um, then picks that up. I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So focusing on Christ brings us out into the light. It also makes I think sin less attractive as we see Christ more, as we understand what He's done in our lives as we uh, listen to his word, as we respond in prayer, we begin to, to move away from 
from feeling the suffering, the pain of the suffering with quite that intensity that we might have beforehand. And we can see the bigger picture. To look at Christ is to, is to say, here is someone who rose again from the dead, but will come again. And that, the, that, that we are, he'll come soon. And that we're looking forward to, to his return. So we again get that bigger perspective. We don't get locked into our, our own narrow vision of what, who we are and where we are at that time. So looking uh, at Christ again sort of opens up new horizons for us uh, as, we, as we contemplate him. Thank you. So there's something, yeah, about Jesus as the focus of our waiting being, as we look on his character, we know that he's reliable. We know he's coming back. We know that he's good, that he wants good for us. And so it's not a vague hope. It's a confident hope and a promising hope because we trust in one who, who is um, all powerful and, and all reliable. Indeed. So um, for your final point, you were, and we've covered some of these things already, but you're focusing on how are we to wait about reminding ourselves of who Christ is, that that gives us confidence, it reduces our fear. Um, and just in terms of some of the practical things you were talking about, you, 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 you kind of refer to David's um, psalm again um, and how he's praying. He's continually praying and pleading to God. And it just made me think of waiting we don't normally think of it being a spiritual exercise but as david expresses his his um resolve to wait here it feels very spiritual yes and and where where, where he goes is is um is to the lord and where he can find the lord in the temple um and for us today that's for us to be immersed and connected to the body of christ to the to the church that we're integrated into that so um, this waiting is possible through that connection with others that god has provided for us because god you know has said it's not good for man to be alone you know so he and for us he's he's enabled us to be born again of his spirit and born again not in a, a selfish individualistic way but born into his body I think that's one of the features of life, you know, life's all about me and I need to make my own way and I need to, to do what I need to do. Well, actually, um, counterculturally, we've been born into the body. We've been grafted in and that's where um, we gain um, the, the opportunities to, to be strengthened, but also to worship. Um, David, David wanted to worship. He saw worship. Um, worshiping, um, praying as being the way to to cope with what he was coping with, um, and praying, yeah. So praying calls on the Lord. He 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 wants to pray, and he also opened his himself to being teachable. Teach me your way, Lord. So here we have a picture of someone who hadn't all it hadn't got it all together. <laughs> you know, he 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 was a man. Uh, like we are, he he knew those those tensions, but he knew that he needed to learn. But this wasn't a case of a one-off. Um, so he asked God to to teach him. Um, 
and we need a teachable heart as well. You know, when we're feeling that boiling over feeling, we need to remind ourselves that, that we are part of a body related to that body and also that we need ourselves to be taught and to learn from God. So he says, Let's let, let, let me be in a place where I can be, be taught. Yeah, that's helpful. So as we kind of dwell with God, we allow ourselves to be taught and to look to Jesus for the future. We, we become better waiters, better able to be patient with God. And there was one other sort of point that you really brought out towards the end, which was actually God doesn't call us to be to do something that he's not doing himself. He's a great patient God in his posture towards us. And you quoted 2 Peter 3, um, the Lord is not slow about his promise, but he's patient towards you, not wishing for any to perish. And he's so, he's so patient with us, isn't he? he? He waits for us to come to him, to grow. He doesn't... Um, he doesn't want any any to perish and he he holds back from um bringing judgment and and that was an encouragement to me just to think how patient um and how good at waiting god is yes and and if you think about how god might see us um and our all of our impatience i imagine myself as this very frustrated child who keeps banging on god's leg saying god why don't you do this and he's being patient he's saying well stefan uh, I want you to grow up, actually. Literally, I want you to grow up into maturity. Um, this, this, this frustration you feel, let's let it work in you. Let you realise that I'm with you. Look to me. I'm your father. I love you. I'm going to be with you. I'm, uh, I'm your saviour. Uh, you know, you, you are not on your own here. Um, you're going to grow as you trust in me, as you come to me, as you worship me, as you connect with others who are also feeling similar frustrations about waiting. Mm. No, that's really helpful. That's been good to think all that through. Thank you so much for sharing um, your your thoughts and for sharing from this psalm today, Stefan. As you're talking about sort of children, I made me maybe remember about as a child at school, we'd occasionally watch these tv programs i think they were bbc and part of i don't think they do it anymore but part of the anticipation would be these little dots around a, a circle i think it was or a clock and yes. they sort of disappear one by one and there wasn't there was no point to it you know it's just it was just like a minute or two of just waiting for the program to start but um it's just it just came to me as a little picture of um how it's good to train ourselves to be patient for the thing that is to come. Yes, and, um, absolutely. So waiting doesn't sound like a glamorous thing, but I think you've helped us to, to recapture something the, of the importance of waiting well as Christians who are looking forward to something wonderful to come. And there is much to look forward to, but there is also many good things that we can enjoy in this life. And that's good. It's not um, it's not that we're waiting for every good gift. God has blessed us with many good things, but he does call us to wait. And for the ultimate end of waiting, actually, waiting is our experience now. Our, we join in the groaning of the earth. We are we, we are experiencing it as part of suffering. Um, a child waiting for Christmas, you know, 
in June saying, when is Christmas coming, Daddy, Mummy? When, when, when can Christmas come? Well, when will the new heavens and the new earth come is our cry, really. And, but we know that it's going to come. Just as a child will know that Christmas will come, mm. we know that that new heavens and new earth will come and our waiting will be ended and our tears will be ended and we will be experiencing joy and peace. And we look forward to that great day with hope. Yes. Amen. Thank you, brother, for your time and your wisdom. It's been great to talk to you today, Stefan. You're welcome. Thanks to Stefan for all his wisdom and honesty. This conversation was based on a talk Stefan gave at one of our Steadfast conferences. If you'd like to listen to Stefan's original talk, you can find it on our website. Just go to truefreedomtrust.co.uk and type, Are you a good waiter? into the search function. Once you've found the article, you can scroll to the bottom to find the talk recording. Well, you've been listening to the Ascend Higher podcast. For more information and resources, do head to our website or follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Thanks for listening and bye for now.